Welcome to the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Well, thank you to everybody who's been tuning into the Property Pulse podcast. It's been a pleasure to bring you more and more episodes uh, during 2020 than ever before. And we've been well rewarded as we've just enjoyed our most listened to 30-day period, 1,400 people have downloaded our podcast and uh, we are uh, in gratitude um, of you warmly receiving us into your ears regardless of where you might be anywhere around the world and interestingly we're finding that our audience is increasingly global with now more people listening to us in the United States than listening to us in Australia and a growing audience in Europe and I think that speaks to the essence of this podcast sharing with you those first principles that can be applied regardless of where, where you might be around the world and so let's if you're a real estate professional and you're not yet producing a weekly fortnightly or monthly newsletter then this is an absolute must it helps you iterate your thoughts in terms of what's going on in your marketplace or what's relevant or a hot topic or a trending conversation that's going on in your respective marketplace but further it sets you apart as a key person of influence and ultimately an authority on your chosen subject matter, which of course is uh, real estate. If you're a consumer, what you'll love about this particular podcast is that I'm talking about the housing affordability myth um, and why I think it is a myth. And so you'll get a lot out of that. And if you are an Australian, you'll uh, hear some statistics in here, which I think will be really surprising. Um, But I do understand that right across the Western world, there is this sense that housing is becoming increasingly less affordable. And I'm going to share with you a few reasons why I think it's never been more affordable ever than what it is right now. So this is my forward-facing newsletter that gets sent out to people in my marketplace that have either bought from me or sold through me uh, and uh, and others that have just subscribed. And so if you do want to subscribe to the newsletter and it's easier for you to read it than to listen to it, then you can do that by emailing my team on daves at realagents.com properties. There's no .coms or .au's. That's daves at realagents.properties, P-R-O-P-E-R-T-I-E-S. And you can get the newsletter every week. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do that now. That'll make sure that you're just getting notifications of new episodes as they become released. And we're covering off on all subject matters pertaining to real estate. And I just know that if you listen long enough, you're going to find something that helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars, regardless of if you're an agent or just a consumer out there in real estate land somewhere around the world. And this... uh, podcast or this newsletter that I wrote just earlier this week was all about the housing affordability myth. Um, Even when property was relatively cheap, the reality is that the perceived affordability at the time was very low. The subjectivity associated with housing affordability can be best explained in the next few examples. When I first started selling real estate, a neat, clean, tidy three-bedroom home in my marketplace was $69,950 is what we'd ask for something like that. This was just 25 years ago. Uh, Now, that same home would be closer to $280,000. So in 1997, the average house price in Sydney 
was about $250,000. The cost of a brand new Corolla, Toyota Corolla, was $25,000. And the price of a high-tech reverse projector analog TV was about $4,500. Now, an average home in Brahma Lodge is $280,000. The median price of a home in Sydney is nudging $1 million at $973,664. A new Corolla is still around $25,000. And you can get an awesome TV for half the price you would have paid just 25 years ago. So although property values have gravitated northward, the price of consumer goods have almost remained static whilst the quality and function is improved dramatically. The new world order of free trade has made everyday items much more affordable in real terms. And although property values have skyrocketed, that uh, that they are not much more expensive per month to own than they were 30 years ago might be somewhat of a surprise to you. So let me explain this to you. Australia's average income is now $1,659 per week, whilst in 1997, it was just $931 a week. So you can see where the extra money is going and why perhaps we've not had interest rates peak above 8% in the last 20 years. And that event coming almost on the eve of the GFC, which saw interest rates once again tumble toward what are now record lows. If interest rates were at anywhere near the levels of the late 1980s and early 1990s, our real estate market would collapse. High wages are not fueling property prices, but more the other way around. High property values are putting pressure on wages, leading to a surge in our national average earnings to cover the mortgage or the rent. These two metrics move incrementally, but almost in lockstep. They need to for the well-being of our economy. Property and accommodation costs now represent the highest proportion of spend of our household in monetary terms across the nation. The greatest amount Australians have ever paid to keep their home. The highest levels of immigration in a generation has created supply at unprecedented levels. And many ask me how a family newly arrived in this country can afford a home in this country which is amongst the most expensive nations in the world to buy real estate. And this is because housing affordability is indeed a myth, or it's unaffordability. In terms of the spiralling costs of property, affordability is highly subjective. The reality is that people never feel like they should be paying as much as they do for real estate until they do, and then they want values to go up almost immediately after their purchase. And herein lies the key issues. We only care about housing affordability, or the lack thereof it, at one end of the transaction. When selling, we care little about housing affordability and want as much as we can get. So housing looks to have more than tripled in value over the last 25 years, but incomes have only doubled. So surely housing is less affordable than 25 years ago, I hear you say. Well, much goes uh, goes into what makes a home affordable. For example, at $100,000, a mortgage over 30 years at 10%, you would pay $877.57 a month. Okay, so that's a $100,000 mortgage at 10% over 30 years. At $300,000, 
a mortgage over 30 years at 3%, not 10%, well, then on your $300,000 mortgage, you pay $1,264.81 a month. So we're talking less than $400 extra a month. So when I, when, when you hear about people going broke, paying off a $100,000 mortgage at 17% as the interest rates were in 1987, you can understand why when they were paying off $1,425.68 a month, and well, back then they only earned on average $457 per week. So just consider that for a second. So was housing more affordable in, in 1987? Well, obviously not. Many calculate how affordable something is by how much it costs them every month, not how much the gross cost is. If you abide by this yardstick, then it would appear that housing is way more affordable now than 33 years ago, even though property values have increased nearly tenfold in Sydney and over six times in Adelaide in that same period of time. This is why when the government comes up with first home buyer bonuses, co-contribution deposit schemes and stamp duty concessions around newly built properties, it can be considered no more than political window dressing and virtue signalling to a perceived issue that appears to be only a myth. If the government wanted to make housing more affordable, they would simply let less people into the country. But they won't do that. Why? Because property values affect GDP figures. And although, although it does not represent any increase in our collective productivity, it does increase the, nationals, the, the nation's paper wealth. And paper wealth is good for our economy because it means people can borrow against that to buy depreciating items, you know, stuff like cars and appliances. They can then go on holidays and generally feel more confident in spending up big at the shops, which, of course, keeps our economy vibrant. For these reasons and more, immigration won't be slowing dramatically anytime soon. So housing affordability is an undeniable myth and the factors that impact on housing affordability are not merely a matter of property values. As you can see, high property values does not necessarily mean less affordable properties. Interest rates are the key here, and between the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia, and the government, they have no ambition to let interest rates gravitate northward anytime soon, and this is the same across the Western world. So is housing more affordable now than 25 years ago, uh, is now an even better time to buy than it ever has been before. Well, here's the rub. Only if you plan to pay it off quickly. So naturally, 25 years ago, you did not need a, such a big cross-lotto win to pay the house off and live in a life of luxury, whereas these days you might need a bigger windfall to wrest the title back from the bank. But in an area where, in an era, sorry, when people have less ambition to pay off their mortgage in a hurry and instead are happy to reap the accumulative uh, effects of capital growth as compensation, the reality is that Australians may well be finding themselves in the most affordable housing market in a generation whilst properties are still at record highs. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you found it informative. If you're a buyer and been waiting on the fence to jump into the market and it's been high property prices that have been keeping you away, well, look, don't let that be a barrier to entry. Keep in mind, interest rates are at the lowest they have ever been. 
your grandparents and your parents may well have been very, very happy to have had a mortgage at the same interest rates when they were paying 12 to 17% in the late 1980s. And you can see why people struggled so much during that era and why it quickly led to a recession. I think those lessons are more have been learnt by the governments that are currently in place and the bureaucrats that help guide our national economy. And so we find ourselves in a circumstance where interest rates will remain low for the perceivable future with no change in sight on the horizon. So making this still the most affordable time, perhaps in our history, to make a home your very own. The Property Pulse podcast is designed for anybody who's dealing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling, expanding upon your portfolio, or perhaps you're a real estate agent and you're just looking for helpful hints and tips that'll accelerate your success in real estate. Well, I hope you found a home on the podcast. And if you have, please subscribe to stay tuned to all new episodes as they become available. 